1: you have an airbnb your home might be worth more than you think find out how much at airbnb.com host.
0: the story that you're about to hear is one of the most brutal stories of revenge that i've read in a long long time it involves a creep an attempted kidnapping and eventually a murder in the family this is r slash nuclear revenge why we don't see uncle mark anymore so this was told to me by my dad over a drink recently he'd gotten a little drunk and ended up admitting it to me said it's been too long now and he'd paid the consequences so there was nothing to come back on him only reason i'm posting this uncle mark was my favorite uncle when i was a child he always invited me around to show me his airsoft gun collection hide and seek parties with my friends and even took us to the beach he would always come with sweets for us and acted like one of us another child who just wanted to have fun but then came the day that i a seven-year-old was meant to be going around because we were going For a ride to this amazing place. My dad was happy and cheerful for the entire day. He was going on about how much he loved the fact that his brother wanted to be in his children's life, until he got a call. I was in my room, packing my stuff, when I heard the most blood curdling scream from my dad. He was screaming and raging. I heard him rip open our front door and slam it back shut with enough force to make the picture next to it fall off the wall. I didn't see my dad for a long while after that, and he never told me why until we had this talk, but that should be explained at the end. Mum had a lot of money saved up from a minor lotto win so we were okay and she always smiled and said daddy is just away for a little while because he was looking after me and my siblings whenever i asked where he was uncle mark didn't come around either during this time but we did see him in town a couple of times Funnily enough, he ran away the moment my mum saw me waving at him. Nine months later, dad came home and I excitedly ran and hugged him. He hugged me right on back with a good squeeze. We had a party to celebrate him coming home. We had party food and cake and all the usual stuff. I was just happy my dad was home though. A week or so later, dad sat me down with the other children and explained that uncle Mark wouldn't be coming around anymore. When asked why, he just said uncle Mark was a bad person. And that if he ever tried to talk to us, we were to ignore him and come find one of them. We all agreed, because my dad always knew best, after all. One day, a year or so later, I was nine at this point, I'm coming out of school to wait for my parents to pick me up. My other siblings were either at secondary school or too young for school, so it was just me. And I see Uncle Mark stood there with a big grin. I get nervous when he comes up to me, saying he's here to take me for a ride. I tell him I'm not supposed to talk to him, that he's a bad person, like my dad said. Uncle Mark got this scary look on his face for a second, then told me it was all good, and his parents had changed their mind and made to take my hand. That's when I saw my dad just appear. My dad punched Uncle Mark right in the face, and little old me saw blood fly as Uncle Mark went sprawling. I didn't see much after that, except Uncle Mark running away with my dad chasing him. He came back after a little while, sighed and took me in a hug. He told my mum to take me home and that he'd see us later. I don't know why, but I knew there and then it would be a long time before I ever saw my dad again. And I was right. Five years five years my dad was gone my mom eventually admitted to us that he was in prison for protecting us and we'd all guessed he'd done something to uncle mark and he had turns out uncle mark liked kids he liked them a lot and that day i was meant to go to his house my aunt uncle mark's wife had called my dad and told him she'd found some pictures under her and mark's bed of children and she was scared of what to do because mark was a big man and it was later revealed he abused her so she was scared to call the police on him and my dad had gone into a rage and stormed over to his house He'd smashed in the door to find Uncle Mark screaming at my aunt as she waved the pictures around in hysterics My dad had beaten Uncle Mark within an inch of his life Uncle Mark screaming he'd make him pay as the police arrested my dad The messed up thing was by the time my dad had explained why he'd done it Mark managed to get the pictures burn them and scared his wife into saying nothing so there was no evidence My dad was sent down for assault but made sure my other uncles and older cousins were around to protect us in case Mark came back But oh no Mark waited until my dad thought we were safe. And then, according to my dad, he'd come to kidnap me from the school right under their noses. Who would stop him? People didn't believe my dad when he explained that Mark was a predator. They thought he was just excusing himself for attacking him. After all, the police hadn't found anything and his wife said my dad was a liar, whereas my dad was the big angry guy with a few assaults under his belt already. So all they saw was my nice uncle here to pick me up. He had gotten away from my dad at the school. My dad had tripped and it had given him a chance to run, but my dad knew where he would go. He knew Uncle Mark would run home to hide and more than likely destroy any evidence he'd gotten since destroying the last lot. He he also knew the police would be on his tail for the attack on the school so he didn't have long the difference was though my dad had his car while uncle mark was on foot so he drove over and demanded to know if my aunt was going to lie again after what uncle mark had just tried to pull now i don't like my aunt much after what she pulled the first time but i think in that moment she really realized what a monster my uncle was he was willing to do this to her nephew just for pathetic revenge for being called out as a predator she said she wouldn't stop my dad or save mark this time my dad ordered her to get all the evidence she she could as he waited for mark to appear she came back down with pictures lots of pictures he then told her to go wait one hour and then call the police he was ending this And as Uncle Mark appeared, my dad, who'd been waiting behind the wall of his garden, slammed him through the door of his house, and then proceeded to beat him to death in his doorway. He apparently towards the end couldn't see the floor through the blood. My dad was arrested on murder and did so without resistance, only saying he wished they'd done his job for him. But when it was revealed that Uncle Mark was indeed a predator who'd attempted to kidnap me, and the fact that they had to face the fact that they'd allowed a predator to run free, he was instead charged for manslaughter. His lawyer stating my father had gone into a protective rage and had only intended to render him harmless. Funnily enough, no one argued in defense of the predator for my dad not getting the murder charges. He said he didn't regret it, but that he wished he'd done something else purely so that he didn't miss out on so much of my life. I told him I was forever going to be proud of him for that, and that I loved him. I was a bit shocked I wasn't told just what Uncle Mark was for so long, but my dad asked if it would have made it any better to be told as a child what he really was, or now as a man who can handle the truth. And he was right, me as a child would not have been able to mentally handle it. I'm barely able to handle it now. Well, no doubt about it. That revenge was definitely nuclear. Oh my God. I mean, look, let me know in the comments down below. Do you think it was justified or not? I'm kind of inclined to say that what your did, dad, was fair. To be honest, I think the fact that the murder charges were dropped and he was actually charged with manslaughter instead and only got a few years in prison shows that on the whole, it probably was just about justified. Yes, of course, horribly illegal, but still like, you know, he did the right thing, didn't he? I mean, just think if your dad wasn't around to protect you, if he wasn't there to pick you from school on that day what might have happened sickening to think about Oh. Alright, now moving on to our second story of today's episode. Now this one is from R slash Pro Revenge, so a little less insane than the first, but still some great revenge nonetheless. I'll come back so long as Larry isn't there. To give you some background on my friend Tim, he's been programming since he was like seven years old. Tim said by the time he got to college, he breezed through most of his comp side classes because a lot of the content they were covering he'd already mastered years prior. Tim is an excellent programmer. Tim's career has been quite successful. He's worked for Google, Facebook, Amazon, and finally a hedge fund. The story starts at the hedge fund. Tim works a lot with AI technology, and at this hedge fund, he was the lead programmer manager who spearheaded an effort to optimize their AI that helped them complete literally millions of trades a day. To say his work had a massive impact was an understatement. All of this going on with COVID-19 in the background. Due to COVID-19, they went to a work-from-home model, where my friend Tim kept working. During the work-from-home, Tim was looking around his fancy $4,500 New York City apartment and wished for things like a yard, a heated pool, a nice three-car garage, and not living in a high-rise. It dawned on Tim that he could now leave New York City. So Tim moved back to his hometown in Michigan, where he bought himself a really nice home with a heated pool, a three-car garage, a nice yard, and guess what the yard had in it? A mother-in-law suite, which was essentially a two-bedroom, one-bath, second home on the property of his main home, which he turned into his man cave. It's actually pretty sick. Oh yeah, and his mortgage payment was far less than his 4.5k a month rents, like half. Tim spent the rest of his COVID-19 work from home, pounding out projects, etc. He never actually informed his employer on an official basis that he moved, he just kept working. Then COVID-19 ended. Tim's boss, Larry, calls him up and goes, all right, Tim, on Monday, we're starting work back at the office. And Tim goes, yeah, about that, I moved to Michigan. Larry is shocked and goes, you didn't even ask if you could do that. And Tim basically said, well, I didn't know I needed your permission to move in a sarcastic as frick way. Larry insists that Tim needs to move back to New York or he won't have a place on the team. Tim says he's been doing the exact same work from home at a high level for the past year. He's willing to travel to New York for a few meetings a year on his own dime, but he feels his quality of life is so much higher outside of New York and he has no desire to move back. To which Larry said, if Tim doesn't have any desire to live in New York, then he has no desire to keep Tim employed. Now guys, what do you think a talented senior programmer with over a decade of experience who specializes in AI technology is going to say to a response like that. If you're thinking he quits, you'd be absolutely right. He quits. Now anyone that has done any programming knows that sometimes the best person to maintain the code is the person who wrote the code There's logic there's thought processes There's so much that goes into programming that can be so individualistic It can be hard for someone to take over a code. They didn't write six weeks go by when john calls tim Now john is the ceo of the hedge fund john gets tim to agree to consider coming back So that's when john suggests they fly tim to new york and he sits down with john tim, however Flipped the switch and said no. How about you fly out to michigan? and we discuss this. Tim said he said that because he wanted to establish if he was going to come back it was going to be him working from Michigan and if he was going to talk about his employment it was going to be done in Michigan. John agreed and two days later flew out to meet with Tim. Tim sits down and John says they really need him because he provided a lot of value to the organization and the programming team is struggling. John offers Tim the opportunity to come back with a 20% pay cut since he won't be living in New York and John called that a cost of living adjustment to which Tim said no I want a 15% raise above what I was earning. John sits back and responds, the reason we pay what we pay is because we ask you to live in New York and we understand that's an expensive city to live in. To which Tim says, you pay what you pay and you pay it because I'm worth it. If I wasn't worth what you pay, you wouldn't be paying me. Now, my first condition is if you want me back, it will be a 15% raise. John goes, and second? The second condition is I'll come back so long as Larry isn't there. John sighs, you're asking for too much to which tim goes you don't need to bring me back if you don't want to i'll be fine elsewhere john says i'll talk to the partners and tim says my offer is good till friday what do you mean asked john next monday is when i'm going to start looking for work this offer is good until friday now the day that john left was the tuesday That Thursday, the phone rings. It's John. Tim, we're transferring Larry to a different fund. He won't be working with you anymore and we're fine with giving you a 15% raise. Can we send you an offer letter for you to sign? Tim said, of course. And Larry is really gone? Yep, you'll never need to interact with Larry ever again. That was at the start of this year. Tim hasn't been in new york and hasn't heard from larry and hasn't seen larry or had any communications Etc. See guys, i'm not entirely sure where I stand on this story and the conclusion for a few reasons First of all, I don't know about you But to me this all seems quite petty and tim seems like a little bit of a petty person Like what john is saying about living in new york is the truth They do pay more there because the cost of living is higher. Yes, of course The work is valued at a certain price and I understand that but it is also true That they're paying you more to be able to live there. So you not living there E aí going to live somewhere else, not telling anyone, but still expecting the same. And also not expecting to go back into the office when you're allowed to go back into the office. is pretty weird. Do you not think? Look, I get it. Clearly he's a very good engineer and it's important for him to remain in that role. I do just kind of think the power went a little bit to Tim's head in the story is all I'm trying to say. Like, did Larry actually do anything wrong here? That's the question. COVID-19 ended and he asked you to come back to work and was annoyed that you weren't living in New York. I think that's all very reasonable. And ultimately you were the one that forced him to move positions, something that I doubt he wanted to do so look it's kind of on the company i get that because you should never give an employee this much power and also i kind of understand it if you're thinking that tim was well within his rights to get as much money as he could and live in a nicer place and have a more chilled life etc etc ultimately it was the company that allowed him to do so but overall i don't know who's in the right or the wrong here let me know it's an interesting one hey it's Paige Desorbo from giggly squad high quality fashion without the price tag say hello to quince